wellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Quirky Journey. Uh, with me today, I've got my special friend and co-host, Joe Witten. Hi, Joe. Hello. How's it going? Good. How's it going there? Ah, great. I'm looking forward to coming up and seeing you next week. It's only going to be a few days before I fly up and see you. And uh, it's just going to be awesome. Like the last time we went up for the Gut Health Retreat, it's happening again. So I'm looking forward to meeting everyone again. The weather's beautiful. So let's hope it stays like this. Has it cleared up? Yes. It's all blue. And warm. Every day, Joe sends me a an update of the weather, and if, if it says it's going to be great, she goes yay, and then she, it goes gray. She goes no. So I'm like Joe, just wait until it comes. There's nothing we can do to change it. Just stop sending me weather updates. Oh come on, you love weather updates. Yeah. I know it. Yeah, I do. It's, it's great. And um, yeah, so uh, other other than that, what's been happening in your life? Has everything been good? Well, you know, my strawberries are growing. Actually, there's no oh. strawberries on them yet, but they're, I'm just sitting here looking at my garden from my desk and there's a lot of strawberries going to happen soon. I'm really excited. Are Let's they going to happen by the time I get there? I hope or? not because then you'll eat them all. Okay. Well, I've been I looking would share into them with you, no, no dig gardens. I'm, I've been <laughs> trying to watch YouTube videos in the oh, evening, yes. which I shouldn't be. But um, I'm moving to the Blue Mountains, Joe. Woo, so that's going to happen within around six weeks. Not Very right. excited. Yeah. And uh, I've got a bit of a backyard that I can sort of grow. So I'm hoping by next spring and summer, I'm going to have a lot of food happening. So you won't be able to tease me as much as you do about your beautiful garden. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, all my tomatoes died, if that makes you feel better. Oh, it, it does, actually. <laughs> oh, I feel good now. All right. <laughs> so, um, just a little bit of housekeeping before we move on to what is going to be a great show today. Um, uh, for those of you who are near Wollongong and Thirul, we've got a cooking class coming up um, uh, next month, as well as a cooking class in Melbourne. Uh, the, uh, do you remember the dates, Joe? Yeah. Uh, the 14th of June is Melbourne, 6.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. At Wesley College. At Wesley College in, is it St. Kilda? Somewhere around there, I think. Yes, I don't know. It's Wesley College. That's what I know. Yeah. Well, anyway, if you go to Eventbrite, you'll find it. Yes. Come Life and see changing us. changing food. Um, we can put the links and, uh, on the show. Yeah. And uh, the one in Thirul is on the 16th of June. Mm-hmm. And um, that that's one is in the evening as well. Six thirty start in Thirul in the uh, uh, the community center. Mm-hmm. So if you're around there, come and watch Joe and I do some uh, cooking demonstrations from life changing food. And we'll be talking uh, more about the topics that you hear on the show, going in depth as we uh, demo the cook the dishes and we refer to the topics that we talk about in particular with each recipe to elaborate on on these concepts for you. So we'd love to see you there if you're in the area bring a friend uh, bring your uh, partner especially if they're your husband and they're not interested in whole foods and healthy cooking this is a great opportunity Mm. for you to bring them 
because uh, they learn a lot. I've had a, a lot of uh, men who were dragged in by their wives to come and uh, <laughs> attend these classes. And at the end of it, they, they come up to me. They're like, oh, man, I'm so looking forward to changing my uh, yeah. family's way of eating. I was really, you know, cynical and hesitant before I came here, but you've changed my mind. So if you've yeah. got that kind of partner, bring them along. They're yes. going to love it. Uh, and uh, next week, uh, this is this would be your last chance within the next few days to uh, book for our gut health retreat up in Far North Queensland, near where Joe lives. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be three amazing days. The last health retreat we're going to have this year up in um, in the Tablelands. So three days uh, where you get completely looked after with all the food that uh, that we'll be providing for you, all gut healthy cooking so that you can start your journey to health. And then from there, uh, you'll also get um, lessons from um, both uh, myself and Joe. And we've got uh, Elise Comerford, who, who was on the show with us uh, a just few recently. months ago. Yeah, Yeah, just recently. Uh, who's an amazing health scientist and uh, a GAPS coach. Who, uh, a she'll bring a lot of knowledge. Practitioner, there yeah. you go. Uh, so she has incredible knowledge about GAPS and gut healing. So if you're really struggling with your health or someone in, in your family, such as your child, is struggling and you want to have that extra information, it's going to be amazing. And we, of course, have Alex Stewart, uh, and she will be talking about low-tox living, uh, a topic that she is an absolute expert on. Mm. And uh, she really blew our minds last, last time at the retreat. And all the people who listened to her really loved it. So we'd love for you to join us. The details are on our website, quirkycooking.com.au. And um, today we have a special guest who is a person whose story is extremely inspirational. Um, and we've uh, asked her to come and join us on the show so she can share that story. Joy, do you want to Yeah, uh, let introduce me introduce her. her. Yeah. So um, I have to say, a couple of years ago when I first started GAPS, I was traveling um, doing my classes with Thermomix. And I was down in Melbourne and... If anyone knows what it's like when you've just started GAPS and you're trying to travel, it's not easy. <laughs> you can't really make broth in a hotel room um, or motel room. I always get them mixed up. Anyway, um, so I had a message from Anne-Marie, who's our guest on the show today, and she said, would you like me to bring you some food to the class? I was like, oh, my goodness, she brought me this whole esky bag of things, broths and food. Do you remember Anne-Marie? Yes, it was a pleasure, Joe. I was a bit oh. nervous cooking for the girl, though, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> it was so sweet. Uh, so I got very well cared for. So um, back then, I think Anne Marie was sort of starting to eat gaps. Am I right, Anne Marie? Yeah, that was my first attempt at gaps, which um, yeah didn't go didn't go as well. But fortunately, there's a happy ending yes, to that story. Is. Um, so I, me, I was having a dabble. Yeah, you were, you were, and you was you were doing well, but. There was a lot that you had to have help with. And I think the reason will come out in the in, in your story, um, Anne-Marie actually has a um, difficult to cope with uh, autoimmune disease. and Difficult to pronounce as well. Difficult to pronounce because I'm not <laughs> going to say it, but it's AS stands for it. <laughs> I'll let Anne-Marie explain. But, um, yeah, it's been – we've sort of known each other online for a few years, haven't we, Anne-Marie? And, yeah, um, we have. Yeah, and just seeing, just I've just been so inspired in the last year to see the changes in your health, and I, I just really wanted everybody to hear your story. So, um, thank you so much for coming on the show with us. I know some people find this a bit nerve wracking, but as you can see, we're pretty normal 
and so you'll be fine, right? <laughs> She's la- she laughed. We're not normal. Okay. She had a bit of a chuckle. Like, Are you serious? We've had a You're good- my kind of. Right. We've had a good laugh before the <laughs> before the recording started. <laughs> uh, but we'd love for you to share your story. So please start wherever you want to. But we just want to um, really show people. We've been talking about this with the last podcast with Mary. With um, you know, in the in the last few, actually, we've been talking about how. Um, it's some people find it very difficult to begin with gut healing because they've got so many special situations and so many foods that they just can't eat that they look at gaps and go, well, I couldn't do that. I can't eat those foods. Um, and yeah. we'd love to hear how it went for you. So go ahead and tell us your story. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess um, your story becomes very different, doesn't it, when you look back with mm. um, you know, the benefit of hindsight benefit of what we've learned I guess yeah. um but yeah just just a bit about me briefly the the condition that I've got is called ankylosing spondylitis so it's no wonder that um, <laughs> that's a bit of a tough pronounce let alone spell um but it's a fairly uncommon um type of autoimmune inflammatory arthritis and it affects your spine so for most people including myself um, it has big issues to do with mobility. Um, it's a very painful condition and it can really limit your ability to just lead a normal life. Um, but as I've tried to unravel the puzzle of what brought me to this point, um, you know, you tend to look back on your life and, and have a look at different things that, that went on that might have might have brought the disease on. Mm. So I had, a, I had the benefit of a... Um, a mum who was a great cook and a and a dad who was a great gardener and you know we had a really healthy upbringing um we're really fortunate in that sense every meal had was really balanced we had lots of fruit and veggies and yeah it was it was good food um but when i was a when i was a baby and a, and an, a small child i had a lot of tonsillitis recurrent tonsillitis and i had a lot of a lot of antibiotics to the point that they damaged my teeth so um yeah, I know that was probably a, a significant precursor to down the track not having the best gut health. Mm. Um, but it look, my my disease didn't really catch up with me until I was in my late twenties um, when I started having quite a lot of back pain. And I used to be a sales rep, so I used to spend a lot of time driving in the car. And I always just put it down to that. I'd I'd have a lot of trouble at night. Um, there was a patch where I just couldn't sleep at night. I'd be up walking around the house in back pain and, and mm. just having a lot of trouble. Um, but it kind of went away. And I think really looking back, a lot of autoimmune diseases disappear when you're pregnant. Um, yeah, and my early 30s that. was, yeah, I think it's because if our body was in that attack the invader mode, it would probably be really harmful to a mm. to a baby. So the body just naturally switches that off. And that was what I think happened to me. So the, the time, most of my 30s, I was, you know, pregnant, breastfeeding. Um, and then I was also dieting a bit to try and lose baby weight. And, and to do that, I cut out um, carbs, cut out starches. And I think mm. in hindsight, that probably kept the symptoms at bay too. Mm. Um but by the time I was in my late 30s, my health really fell in a heap. And um, I had I caught pneumonia and was very sick, and um, that was initially misdiagnosed as Legionella. So again, a whole barrage of antibiotics. Mm. Um, and then the following year, I went to Hawaii, which is that was where I met you, oh, Joe. Yeah, I remember we, did we there, didn't we? We met for the first. 
Um, but I came home with a, an unfortunate souvenir in the form of a parasite from that trip. Oh, really? Um, wow. Yeah, and I and I got really really sick. And it, it took are you a referring long- to Joe? Or, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> no, I should be so lucky for that. No, <laughs> um, so there. <laughs> Don't worry, guys, we're always like this. (laughs) Yeah, so it was a tricky one to diagnose again and and so I had just so many really, really strong antibiotics. Um, And, yeah, that that was just kind of the last straw, I think, for my body and that was when the back pain returned with an an absolute vengeance. So um, going to your GP with back pain is kind of like going with a headache. It's a really vague symptom. And I just would keep going back and keep going back. And eventually I struck this really clever GP who's, um, I still see him now, and he just has a a brilliant mind for diagnosis. You know, he was able to join the dots. And, yeah, he he figured out, um, he looked at my family history, and I have a mum and an older sister both with ulcerative colitis. Um, And that sits on the same group of genes as AS. So he, he started to sort of link that and then, um, yeah, tested my blood for inflammatory markers and then sent me for x-rays and MRIs to look at um, if there was any bone change at the base of my spine, which there was. And so that was that was fairly conclusive that that's what I had. So, um, look, I think information is always helpful and for me that was not a real down point of my life. It was, a, it was great to get that diagnosis yeah. and start moving forward and, and to know what I was dealing with. Um, yeah, so that, what doctors will tell you and what the rheumatologist, the specialist told me um, at the time of my diagnosis was um, I needed to be on medication for the rest of my life and I needed I needed to keep moving. So because AS affects the joints, um, you need to keep moving because long-term, if the disease is unchecked and if you lead a very sedentary life, the the bones will actually begin to grow and to fuse together. Mm. So ultimately you can end up with, instead of a, a moving um, spine with separate vertebrae, you can end up with a one solid rod of wow. bone growth. That would have been um, a scary thing it, to hear. Yeah, um, and in the past that's what happened to people and the, the classic yeah. AS... Um, posture in the past was that very jutting forward chin and a real hunched back oh. with a big sort of lump at the back at the top of the spine so um back before people knew how to treat it and how to um how to keep oh. moving that was what used to happen yeah. so this is like the classic kind of i don't know if that's politically correct to even say like the hunchback look is that the kind of yeah ex- exactly yeah, okay. yeah. So, oh, okay. yeah which is um all right, so that's why when you see older people who have that kind of posture, that that might be what they have. Is that right? Yeah, look, I don't know, Fuad. I, I think that too when I see elderly people with that posture, I always think to myself, I wonder if that's AS that has done that to right. them. I don't, mm. I don't know if there's other conditions that can produce okay. the same. When when you talked about the back pain, can you tell me a bit more like about the symptoms of your back pain? Like what is it that you actually felt? Was it just muscular pain? Was it spinal? How did you how did it manifest? Yeah, the I had the classic onset of AS, which is sacroiliac pain. So that means the pain is centered where your spine attaches to your pelvis and it radiates down into your legs. So Uh, it's a very So the um, front of your legs or 
Oh, usually, well, usually the back, so through your buttocks and down into into your legs. So that's why it makes walking very difficult. Right. Um, and it can sometimes be, for me, it can be worse in one leg and one hip than the other sometimes, or it just sort of moves around. Um, yes. Yeah, so it affects your um, flexibility. It's uh, different for everyone. Like for me, I'm a fairly flexible person, but. If my posture is assessed, I'm able to, if I go to touch my toes, I can almost put my hands flat on the wow. floor. But I'm, u- I'm using my legs and um, to do that rather than bending my spine correctly. Yes. So flexibility right. is really a test of it. Um, so, yeah, that, that sacroiliac pain is generally, that's generally right. a real, that it's, okay. that it's yeah. Um Interestingly, when I saw the rheumatologist to to get the diagnosis, this was just after my 40th birthday, um, I did ask him, I said, what sort of impact does diet have on on this disease? And he said, absolutely nothing. (laughs) Uh, And those words have often come to me because... How many times have we heard that? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Um, Really, but um, the, the solution that he gave was just to to take medication and which is um, what an immune suppressant or something like that. Not initially. Not oh. initially. It was just really strong anti-inflammatories, so a okay. daily dose of pretty high um, anti-inflammatories. Um, but he said to me, "Look, I said, when do I come back and see you again?" And he said, "Come back when these stop working." And that's the classic progression for people with this wow. disease, that you, you stay on one drug until it stops working and then you move up a level to the next drug Just until that adding. stops working. And you keep going, you keep going. So a lot of people I know are on um, methotrexate for AS or they're on biologics, which is injections like Humira, which take over the immune system. Wow. Um, which can be effective for some people, but it's it's doing a lot of damage in other in other areas, and that was what I just didn't want to face. What kind of so, what kind of um, damage does it do, like long term? Um, look, various again, but very hard on your gut. Obviously, yeah. any of the any of the anti-inflammatories are very hard on your gut. So you're going um, to end up with all sorts of other issues on top of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the stronger medication is very hard on your liver, um, yeah. just a multitude of side effects. And s- the ridiculous thing is that most of these drugs actually speed up the progression of the disease. Oh, that's right. I thought you said that somewhere. Yeah. So what, Would they're you- just managing the symptoms, but they're speeding up the progression? Is that what's yeah. happening? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so there's not really there's not really, really good options. Like a lot of people... Um, get relief from exercise and that's kind of my next step this year is really to look at movement and and I'm doing some work in that area because um yeah the more you can keep those joints moving yeah um the the better it is for managing your pain um but most most people are doing that in conjunction with a lot of hardcore medication as well just to keep moving so it's a it's a real catch-22 So I went off happily um, once I was diagnosed. They gave me the medication and initially it worked so well. It was such a relief because mm. I could sleep and I could move and I could drive and, um, yeah, I was wrapped. But within probably 10 to 12 months um, it stopped being as effective so I already felt that the, the pain was coming back. 
And the other thing was my digestion was just terrible. So I think the the anti-inflammatories had really damaged the lining of my gut, which mm. was already compromised, obviously, because I'd developed an autoimmune condition. Um, so I, I was just taking more and more food groups out of my diet and just not absorbing anything, feeling really lacking in energy. Um, yeah, and I, I just knew that staying on this course of medication was not the answer, so I had to start looking for some I had to start looking for some better options, which yeah. is that's really where my the more positive side of my journey began. So the first um, the first thing I did was I went and saw a naturopath because and this this naturopath was also a pharmacist and I thought all right he's he's a great combination he's a yeah. lovely guy called John who works in Melbourne and I thought he will understand my medication will know what advice to give me um, as far as my diet goes so he got me onto a paleo diet initially so that was the first step I took um and that was look that was helpful I did start to feel a bit better um but I really wanted to get off my medication and I was no closer to doing that and it was around that time that I came across um a good friend of mine told me about a group of people with AS who were following a no starch diet Mm -hmm. so um, I found a Facebook group of people who were doing that and um, I started I started eating that way, so I removed all starches from my diet. So not, not too dissimilar from GAPS um, or from full GAPS, I should say. And that, that again, was really helpful. That, that alleviated a lot of the symptoms, and I was actually able to have so, quite So a- on paleo, you, what kind of starches were you still eating? Like I'm assuming sweet potatoes and fruit. Sweet potatoes. Like, yeah? Yeah, um, bananas. Bananas, yeah. Yeah, what else was I having? Think starchy nuts like pecans and cashews and um, yeah, yes. Yeah. So there were certainly still quite a few starchy things, and I'm a sweet tooth fluid, so I would <laughs> things like things yeah. sweet potatoes, bananas. They were yeah, they were featuring quite prominently in my diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was interesting to see what happened when I took those foods out because I I did notice a big difference. Um, the reason that's effective is that um, people with AS generally have an overpopulation of a particular gut bacteria called Klebsiella, okay. and Klebsiella feeds on starch. So if you take away its food source, the bacteria dies out and um, your symptoms decline. It's actually the Klebsiella bacteria that um, creates the, the gene mimicry and the autoimmune response in AS. Ah. So it's wow. um, yeah, which is quite interesting, and it's it's apparently something that can work for people with Crohn's too. I've yeah. just been reading some new research. So removing um, the starch, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so my friend did find that helpful with her Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I I was happily sort of trucking along on my no starch diet, and I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to remove starches from my diet and and I'll be free of pain. At first that was that was great. For for about a year I was going really well on that. But again, over time, um, my digestion was worsening and I wasn't able to eat anything with fructose. I wasn't able to eat nightshades. I had to take dairy out of my diet. I just felt like I was running out of food groups. Mm. And again the pain started to come back. I think if I'm really honest looking back, I um, 
probably wasn't as great at keeping up my willpower either. I think I would let a few little sneaky starches mm. get into my diet and that you probably don't realise added... how important it is, do you, at first? No. Um, you kind of think a little bit. A little bit won't hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's so hard to totally yeah. exclude starches too. Um, if you're wanting to travel or eat out, it's it's just in everything. Yeah. You know, any thickener you can think of is yeah. in it. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's even present in um, some types of apples or if you if you roast pumpkin as opposed to steaming it. So it changes yeah. the starch content. So it's it's a really tricky one and. And it was a bit, I found it a bit sad because I, I love food and lots yeah. of us do, but I've always been very, very passionate about food. And I just thought this is going to be such a limiting thing for me for the rest of my life. And it just wasn't a great prospect. So I, I would always be searching for, for some other way. And the other thing that kept occurring to me was that I was just, um, I was just managing my symptoms. Yeah. I wasn't... I wasn't getting to the bottom of what was really going on with my body and why it was in this state of disease. The root cause, as Mary and, always says. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's that's probably what attracted me to GAPS um, because every, it was the only thing in everything that I'd read and everywhere I'd researched, it was the only thing that um, was talking about getting to that root cause and actually affecting yeah. healing rather than just symptom management. So it was... Um, it's pretty unique in that sense. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's why I decided to go down that route. And and as I mentioned before, I had that little um, my first foray into gaps. I did it for about three months, but I did it on my own. And I, all I did was I bought the book, and because of the sort of personality I am, I followed the book to the letter. Yeah. And gaps doesn't work like like that, as mm-hmm. we all know, and mm-hmm. I know now, being a bit further down the track. Um, so after three months, I was dressing and I started to feel worse again because I was just so stuck. And I think psychologically, it was it was just so hard to stay on those early stages of intro without knowing where I was going. And so I gave it away mm-hmm. um, and went back to what I was doing, but with the same with the same result. I was I was still having a lot of digestive distress and not feeling great. So um, yeah, I had to <laughs> I had to get my willpower back and have another good go at gaps. And why did you decide? That, why did you decide to have another go at it? Did you sort of feel like it didn't work, and then you know? I still really believed in it, Joe. Like I, I knew that it hadn't worked for me, but I I kept hearing little things that made me think. I don't think I did it right. Mm-hmm. I think there's a better way to do this, and I I really knew that I needed help. Yeah, I knew that I attempted on my own so probably the the main thing you know when you have those epiphanies that really push you to do something I I remember what it was for me it was my said something to me one day I can't remember what context it was but he said something about me being about halfway through my life Mm. and I just big flash and I thought I feel really old already (laughs) I I just feel like (laughs) because of your pain and everything yeah, and just having no energy and, and was so limited in what I could do. And I, I just pictured the next 40-odd years of my life stretching on ahead of me and yeah. I didn't like didn't like what it looked like, you know. It just I had, wasn't. I had the same thing, Anne-Marie. Like um, that was really when I was right at the bottom of how, like after a quick coffee and um, I was feeling the adrenal fatigue and it had sort of taken its toll on me. And I was really, really fading in my, in my life force. I was just, 
and I I was like, what? Like I'm just 37. I was just 37 years old. I was and I felt like almost my life was over at that stage. I'm like, how can I live continuing like this? I just feel really old already. So I know exactly how you feel. Mm-hmm. That's it's just yeah, it's not a pleasant feeling for one thing because um, you know you you you're worried for one thing to mm. to actually go through another 37 or 40 years feeling like that because it, like you can't imagine it and mm. uh, it, it's such an incredible thing to turn around but like yeah sorry keep going I interrupted there no that's good no. yeah look it, it did have a big impact on me and and the other thing that happened around that time was Joe you brought out your program which mm. had all of this food made so easy and shopping lists and videos and just everything you needed to to make it um actually Doable. tempting to <laughs> oh yeah. okay yeah yeah tempting that's good <laughs> <laughs> it looks good your food, your food looked beautiful and, and you just made it look very achievable um so I, I sat down and I I wrote sort of a mind map for myself and I thought really hard about not just what I change about my health but why I wanted to change it and a lot of it was to do with being there for my kids and um, you know I really invested a lot of emotion in that process of just writing down why I wanted to be well and I still go back and I look at what I wrote down that's been such a powerful that's good motivator for me um, and I and I knew that I needed to get somebody that could help me and I had I had the ideal person in mind but I didn't think that I would be able to get her help but as it turned out, I was very, very fortunate, and our lovely Mary took me on as as a um, a person to coach. And oh, so excited the day that she said she wrote back to me and said she'd be happy to take me on. Um, yeah, and her guidance has just been so invaluable. I can't thank her enough. She's amazing. So that was she is. She's just she's so intuitive, and yeah. and she. I had her from the very beginning, and. Great. She just helped tailor make the whole program for me, so it was really different to last time. Yeah. Um, what would you say you did differently if you could pinpoint them for us at all? One of the one of the biggest things was I didn't put time frames around it, uh, and that um, is so important. But everyone yeah. does it first. Yep. <laughs> well, how long do I have to not have such and such? <laughs> Yeah, it's how we work, I think. It that's, is. That's we want, how we operate. Yeah, we want to know it's doable. Yeah. We've got to end in sight. Yeah, so Mary, um, she was really good like that. She said, we're not going to be working to the diary. We're going to be listening to your body and we're going to be just, just taking things as they can. So that was a bit of a, a mind shift for me. Mm. Um, and, and the other thing that was really different was we didn't go by the book as such. Mm-hmm. So... I started with no dairy, no nightshades, no onion, no garlic, no cauliflower. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just a, a tiny little quarter teaspoon of sauerkraut juice because I couldn't tolerate, you know, a big chunk of sauerkraut on yeah. my plate. So that, um, yeah, that was really different last time because last time I started with everything that I should have been able to have on stage one of intro and yeah. thought that I should be fine with it. Yeah, um, and a lot of people just aren't. No. Um, so I, I moved through pretty slowly those first intro stages. I think I was on stage one for maybe seven or eight weeks and then stage wow. two. For wow. Yeah. Oh. That's a, that's a long time. <laughs> stage one. Yeah. Stage and then stage, one. 
Stage two and three sort of modified again. That lasted another few months. Wow. So, yeah. It was, I remembered it was, it was really long, but I didn't know it was that long. Yeah. That's and look, at, there were times fun. when. <laughs> for once, feeling like, gobsmacked. Psychologically. <laughs> Just, just for our listeners, uh, like stage one is um, basically bone broth and meat that's been um, cooked for a long time, so it's falling apart. And then in there, probably Anne-Marie would have been able to eat things like zucchini and uh, that has to be peeled and seeded and carrots that ha- have to be peeled and super cooked in the broth and uh, a little bit of sauerkraut juice and uh, like not much What more other vegetables than that. would you have had? Like, like leafy um, greens or something. Yeah, lots of leafy greens. And I really craved leafy greens, which That's I think Mary said was detoxing. Yeah, detox, um, yeah. Yeah, so it was really monotonous. And the only way I got through those early stages was to look at food as just fuel. So there wasn't enough scope there to really be creating anything exciting. Mm-hmm. I would just do the same thing over and over. I'd just get my little saucepan out and I'd put my broth in it and cook my veggies and and eat them as a soup. There wasn't. I just kind of switched off my whole excitement about food. It was just medicine for me for that time. Yeah. But the payoff, apart from um, the first first few weeks, I went into such a hardcore detox. Um, detox that it sent me into the worst flare pain wise I'd ever experienced. It was yeah. it was really hard, and I think it's worth mentioning that. Yeah, definitely. So because I had to really rely on medication to get me through there's no way I could have done that yeah and that is something that we've mentioned a few times on the podcast that you can't expect to start gaps and just chuck all your medication out straight away (laughs) you know yeah and you will heal still while you're taking the medication slowly yeah yeah absolutely and Mary guided me well with that too yeah she she said are you still healing don't be discouraged you're probably just slowing down little bit but I just it was means to an end but it was only I think it was just under four weeks before I had completely weaned myself of all medication and I was completely free of pain how many Um, just under four weeks. that's amazing so that was great motivation even though the food was pretty monotonous I said a lot of people would sort of ask me about it and I'd say there's nothing that tastes so good it is worth experiencing pain exactly (laughs) it's in your mouth mouth for a minute and then it's swallowed and it's gone it's only food yeah this is a means and and yeah so that was and even though you don't have a time frame you know it's not forever you know it's gonna speed up the healing or it's going to make you heal yeah, that's right. And it was it was really only those first probably four months that were were fairly hard. Mm. And since then, I've been introducing things fairly quickly, sometimes too quickly, and then I can feel <laughs> myself go, and I have to just woe back because I'm yeah. great at strict discipline. I'm not so great at moderation. <laughs> I, just how I work. That's yeah. probably how a lot of people work. Mm, um, so I'm too. I'm sitting. <laughs> That's you too, Phil. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, Elaine keeps saying, like, um, my wife, she tells me, wow, it's amazing how, like, you just pushed through that period and you were so disciplined and you weren't eating any of the foods that, because she was still eating paleo food at home and things that I love. And I was just, like, I mean, having my pumpkin and broth soup and yep. my ultra-cooked lamb and, you know, I'm just no coffee. my head down. No coffee as well. And she was like, yeah, that, that's amazing. But then... You know, when I got the honey, 
which was sort of part of the diet, I was like, that's part of, you know, the early stages of, yeah. of gas. I can have a bit of honey. And I went crazy on honey. And then I was like, <laughs> no, 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 I've got to pull back. And I took the honey like back out after a week of honey binging, which was, uh, <laughs> yeah, like was really, really causing me damage within my healing. Like, I wasn't healing as quickly as I should have been. And it, uh, it actually highlighted a few issues for me that, I'm still sort of trying to really rationalize about my sugar consumption and um, the state of my microbiome and maybe my fructose tolerance. And um, uh, but so it was interesting to see how I re reacted to the honey. But uh, yeah, had absolutely no self control when until I had to go back to a discipline, you know. Yeah. So I was like, uh, yeah, gotta get it out. And when I eliminated it, I was fine again, but um, just couldn't moderate it. Mm. and going backwards is really hard it I is. find that mentally that's really hard because I my struggle is honey and nuts I, I just yep. overdo it and yeah same they work for me <laughs> so I'm having a good stern talking to myself just this week saying I need to go backwards and just yeah but I haven't won that battle yet. No. But that's that's one of the things about like you know the gaps guidebook, like the guidelines or the book, or you know when people just read it and they go, oh you know in this stage I can introduce nuts, and they just um, they don't understand that this should be just a small part of your diet, like just an, like a little supplement into your diet to just give you a little bit of variety. Uh, mm -hmm. But instead, then you know like they start making almond cakes and uh, mm -hmm. you know like all these things that are nice on occasion but they, if they be, start becoming a staple they're actually displacing the more healing foods mm. which are the core of gaps like the broths and the and the slow cooked meats and the vegetables and the, this is what gaps should always be like i think at 80 percent of it gaps should be those mm. foods and the rest are just the peripherals from there are the things that you can play around with and have, have a, a little bit of variety in your then, diet. yeah yeah I guess it's a hangover from the diet that we grew up on. Yes, where you have to have baking. Or... Yeah, it's um, yeah, easy to fall into that trap. We always but had yeah, baking it, it, in the it, house growing up. You know, always. Yeah. yeah, we did too. It seems that gaps for a lot of us is uh, you know two steps forward, one step back, and so. like a continuation like that. So, but, but that, that's fine too because it's such a powerful diet that it, you never go back to you know zero. Mm. Uh, you, you're always like you, if you're being conscious about it and you're treating it with uh, like some for, like being serious, even if you overindulge and you still want to do the diet, then you go. Oh, actually, I should go back on onto the stage previous stage. A bit, and, yeah. yeah for a bit and uh, and like most of my food now is stage two uh, all all the time it's stuck stage two most of the time and then every once in a while i'll add a few of the other ingredients in there but um stage two is i find the most healing and mm. the easiest to stick to from a moderation perspective the one that we're like if i overindulge in stage two foods all i'm having is just too many egg yolks which are great for you you know like, <laughs> yeah yeah so that that's fine. Um, mm. So so, how long have you been on the diet so far? I think I'm almost to nine months. So and I'm now sitting sitting at around stage five. I've reintroduced nightshades. I've reintroduced the cauliflower and onion and garlic. And that's uh, all working. I've managed. 
Yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, and I've managed to have some ghee, which is exciting. Awesome. Yeah, so I feel I feel very content at this stage in terms of variety. It just feels amazing, even though yeah. probably by normal standards it's fairly yeah. restrictive. But to me, it, it feels like I'm at a smorgasbord. <laughs> it's great. And how's, how's the pain? Look, it's... It's really pretty good. The, I do get a bit of pain some nights. So AS pain gets worse um, the longer you're still. On your feet. So by morning, oh, okay. if you haven't shifted around to bed, um, it's, it's more lying down. Yeah, so okay. sleeping during the night, that's when it starts to, mm. starts to trouble me. I still feel like I've got quite a lot of healing to do. So I'm still hopeful that that pain will totally disappear. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's most of the time now during the day I just feel like a normal person as opposed to previously struggling in so many different ways. So it's a it's a dramatic difference. And that was brought home to me just recently. I've started a hydrotherapy and physio course specifically for people with AS, which has been fantastic. Mm. The other people in my group, uh, they're able to move about the same way that I can, but they're on the absolute maximum level drugs so I I just wow. had a bit of a reality check then that I'm there with I haven't taken anything since last September. Wow. And that's awesome. All I'm doing is is gaps and yeah, it's it's made all the difference. Anne-Marie, you've got to tell the story about what um you told on Facebook. It would, it just brought tears to my eyes that day when you posted in the in the gut health program um support group and um do you remember the story that you told about the, the day that you were able to walk and get your girls from school? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I do. That was a that was a big thing because I your kids miss out on a lot when you're sick, and mm. there were so many things when I went through bad patches. There were so many things that my husband just would take the children without me, and they kind of got used to. Sometimes mum had to stay at home. Sometimes mum was in bed for days at a time. But it, I know it was awful for them it's a bit scary for kids and yeah just it would have been hard and and in the past I used to love to walk up to the school and and meet the kids and then we'd all walk back together to um to the car it was just a a nice little afternoon walk and I hadn't been able to do that for just probably a couple of years and I was starting to feel really good in the early stages of gaps and so I walked up to school one afternoon to surprise them and my youngest daughter, who was about nine, ten, yeah, she she came out and her face just lit up. It was Aww. just so beautiful. <laughs> oh, you walked, you walked, you came and surprised us, and it was just the best feeling. And it it made all the made, <laughs> made it all, all worthwhile. The, <laughs> the broth and veggies just <laughs> fade into insignificance. Yeah, it was was really special, and it's been yeah, it's just been going um, from one positive moment to another over the past few months. So I feel really fortunate. So good. Well, that's, that's an amazing story and really a um, such a great testament to healing through food, regardless of what your doctor tells you, that you, you won't be able to manage your <laughs> symptoms or to heal mm-hmm. yourself through food. And I think, uh, you know, between you, me and Joe, the three of us uh, have 100% ability to uh, refute that argument that they mm. have about all sorts of things. And one, yeah. one of that acne and eczema and Joe with Isaac especially and mm. um, the OCD and anxiety that he experienced and how he turned around. So, you know, gaps giving 
thousands and thousands of people so much healing and hope and like i really hope the listeners take this in and really understand the significance of what what's being said here and um how much of an impact this kind of diet will have on your life this is um, a whole food diet that just gives your body a break it gives you the chance to recover and heal while maximizing your nutrition and lowering the toxicity to your to your body and that's really at the foundation of healing for us so if you add to that a little bit of rest sleeping as much as you can avoiding uh like light uh, artificial lighting at night and getting a bit of sunshine and do some moderate exercise and walking around and you'll start feeling so much better than you already are and um you know it's, it's such a, an amazing thing that's right at our fingertips to be able to do so i hope that the the listeners get inspired by this and that they start taking action and and see that in such an extreme case you were able to turn it around and to feel so much better and to hold the progression of your symptoms and reverse them as opposed to the the normal narrative which is you know going from one drug to the other after the first one stops working you know just getting such a, go. yeah like what, what a what a crazy thing to be told and a, a scary thing to to look down in your in your life and go this is going to be the path i'm going to walk down mm-hmm. in my life you don't have to accept that you can you can take a different road and then you know it's just follow what the others are doing here it's a it's a road well traveled to healing and it's easily accessible and uh, just um, just all you need is a little bit of patience with yourself and determination and until you get through that early stage of you know flipping from being extremely exhausted and tired and in pain to uh, starting to see some recovery in yourself and and then it will snowball from there what you will do mm-hmm. from there it's, it's just you get so much motivation i'm sure you all agree that's that's been the same for all of you like you mm-hmm. get a little absolutely of, and yeah um, so you're how many months into the the second go of gaps you said about nine yeah nearly i think i'm nearly to nine months okay and so you just like like you said you're not putting a time limit on it just going ahead and working through it as as well as you can and um, finding so much benefit as you go along and who knows you know where you'll get to but we'll really look forward to yeah. seeing how how well you do um, and just yeah I know with Isaac just really, the fact that he sorry. had be, been able to come off the medication just made him so happy um, you know it was just he said it was just so worth doing for that for him yeah, well, it's even the medication I was on, I found it really dulled me down That's and it made me found, yeah. feel very, yeah, and it's it's good to have that clarity of mind back and mm. just feel myself. And, look, I think it will be at least a couple of years for me on oh, this yeah. journey and then probably revisiting it for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I just look at it as it's just a blip on the radar in terms of the rest of my life and yeah. it's an investment that I can make now that I'm going to thank myself for, for forever. So yeah. it's so worth it. I know I, it's so easy to put it off and put it off and, mm-hmm. and think I'd, I've got something special coming up. Well, there's always going to be some there's reason always, not to do it. Always. How do you um, cope with eating out? Can I just ask that now? Well, <laughs> during the early stages, I just didn't. It was yeah. it was pretty impossible. I'm actually going out for dinner tomorrow night to a restaurant for the first time in nearly nine months. So oh, I've rung ahead. And I've selected a restaurant where I know they will really do their best to accommodate me. 
and it probably won't be perfect, but um, yeah, I, yeah. I think you just you yeah. just have to hermit yourself a little bit in those mm. very early states. But again, it's worth it. Yeah, that's good. And can I just mm. also ask, with your kids, did they and your family did they all um, do a bit of gaps with you, or how did you work it with the rest of your family? Um, look, the the early stage, the first half of this time on gaps, I really just went on my own journey. Yeah. It was they couldn't really I, eat such a kind of strict diet, probably no, that long. No, and I just had to prioritise myself to get myself well. But now that I'm up to this stage, and now that I've got this beautiful new book uh-huh. <laughs> that you guys wrote, <laughs> I'm I'm actually I'm pretty much doing every family meal is something we can all eat. So they don't know it, but they're doing stage five. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what we that's like. That's so good to I must tell you, last week um, my little one said to me, Mum, is this the fifth night in a row we've eaten Lebanese food? Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. <laughs> and she wasn't uh, complaining, but, yeah, I think it was. Lebanese oh, people so eat funny. Lebanese food every day, so, you know, like there's not much to complain about there. It's good food. And there's but, so, um, what, so much What flavor. did you make? <laughs> what, what did you end up making oh, for just, them? Just been binging on. You um, mean in the elders or out of the, out of the book? Out of the book, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've made your beautiful salmon, oh, and I've made so the lemon and saffron chicken, which is just oh, so good. I think we had that three times. And then, <laughs> <laughs> because it makes such a big batch, but no one complained. <laughs> Uh, and I've been putting your tahini sauce from the salmon on everything. So I made a lamb roast and that went on the lamb roast. And then we had um, sort of wraps the next night with the shredded lamb in it with more of the tahini oh. sauce. Yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> now Joe's going to start laughing at no, you. No, I'm Joe not because I was the same. <laughs> <laughs> she, she used to say, what's with the tahini? Do you have showers with tahini? Like, oh, Joe, you don't understand. This goes with everything. And she's <laughs> And then I, I wrote him a message and said, I love this tahini dressing. I'm putting it on all my salads. And <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a convert too. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a great, great, it's such a great traditional sauce, you know, like it'll just go on anything. And if you make it thick enough, it can sort of go as a crust for the fish or mm-hmm. you can make it a little bit thinner and you can use it as a, like a dressing for a roast vegetable salad. And yeah, you put so that mm-hmm. with a little bit of spices and you've got yourself an, like an incredibly luxurious salad. It's just yeah, so the, good. And Marie, try the roast veggie salad, but use the tahini dressing instead of the dressing in the book. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you've yeah, got some uh, dried thyme or oregano, sprinkle a little bit of that onto wait, it wait, as well. Wait, 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 wait. What? You mean za'atar? Yeah. Za'atar, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But That's I didn't want to say I that because about. <laughs> that olive oil and tahini, those three. He just like uses it every day. Every time I'm cooking at his house, it's like, where's the oregano? Just use za'atar. Where's the thyme? Just use za'atar. Where's the – just use za'atar. I'm like, ah! <laughs> Well, but I must say, mean, it's very yummy. It is good. It's the best. It's the best. I've got six kilos of it. That's why I say use that because my, my mom sends me like a kilo every year. Yeah. And because I don't eat bread anymore, like satar, which is a mix of uh, dried um, mountain oregano 
with sumac and you put some still sesame seeds and salt with that. You put olive oil and you make a, a beautiful kind of dipping sauce. But the typical Lebanese breakfast is uh, a flatbread with za'atar on top that's sort of baked with the za'atar on top. Yeah. Or you can just make a Lebanese bread and put the za'atar in it with cucumbers, tomatoes, and even labna, which is the strained yogurt and mint. And uh, that's like every breakfast in Lebanon is like that. But yeah. since I stopped eating bread, I just don't eat that much za'atar anymore. But my mom keeps sending me supplies <laughs> as if I'm you know, like still eating bread. Well, I'll tell and, you what, uh, it's good in that saffron and lemon chicken. But it's not. Yeah. A, it it goes a bit green, but it tastes good. Uh, yeah, well, that, good. that's why. Like, actually, the the traditional recipe doesn't have the saffron at all. Oh. I added that because um, it just added a nicer color, and I thought people who are actually cooking might not give the recipe a go if it, it, if it was just lemon chicken. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just like kind of red color. If it wasn't red, it looked green. Like they yeah. go, I don't want green chicken. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was a bit of a trick, you know, you just add yeah. a pinch of saffron and change the whole color. No, it's so but, good. Yeah. Well, it works. It's actually almost easy pain to go out. Yeah. It's cutting out still yeah, for me. So it is too. I'm hoping it's beautiful it's not book because those recipes are meals that everybody will. Not lost it. <laughs> I think uh, Anne-Marie is trying to say, I'm not really sure, but from the words that I've gathered, is that she's saying this is an amazing cookbook. You guys have to buy the cookbook if you, if you want to eat a good, healthy diet that is gut healthy. So the book is called Life-Changing Food. It is on quirkycooking.com. Uh, couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. Th- thanks, Anne-Marie. And, um, yeah, that's um, actually do do get the book uh, yeah. because it supports us in uh, providing you with this type of content and uh, to be able to dedicate our lives to spreading this message. Mm. And uh, if you want to learn more about gut healthy eating, there are a couple of ways. One is Joe and I have an online gut health program that Anne-Marie has joined and um, it's called, uh, well, it's found at gaps.quirkycooking.com.au and you'll be able to sign up there and you'll have a lifetime subscription where you learn uh, all the things that you need to know about cooking for GAPS. It'll take you throughout the, through the stages of GAPS uh, with recipes, meal plans, video tutorials um, that talk to you about the basics of gut healthy eating and making all sorts of uh, dishes and the techniques that you need for gut health gut healthy cooking um, and you uh, that's available online if you sign up there you'll also be given access to our facebook group which is um, a gut health support group and that's um, everyone who is on the health, gut health program has access to it and everyone goes in there and they ask questions of each other and they support each other to be able to overcome these hurdles and to clarify any things that might not be clear because there's a lot of things that um, if you start going down the the gaps path, uh, it will not be immediately apparent to you what the right uh, decision is in a certain condition. So uh, people there will be able to guide you through it. And it's a wonderful group of people who who are, if you join now, you have a whole heap of people who are way ahead of you on the journey and will have a lot of wisdom to offer. Um, And also... yeah, and uh, we we have a a gaps coach or um, uh, usually Mary or Elise, and um, they'll come in on Sunday and they will do a, a one hour session of answering your questions and um, 
they'll uh, that's on the Facebook group as well. And this is probably uh, your only chance to get Mary's help because she's not coaching anymore <laughs> at the moment. Um, so yeah. she's not taking on new clients. So if you want some coaching from Mary, who Anne Marie found so helpful, um, yeah, she's in the program helping mm. us. Uh, uh, if if you're just starting off on on gut health as well, like um, it's useful to have a, a, a coach, uh, but you also don't need one if you're just trying to get healthier. If you've got really severe issues, then definitely get a, a coach. Mm. Yeah. But if you're just trying to eat healthier for um, gut healing, um, then the program is quite ample in the information that it provides. So unless you have specific issues. But again, with those specific issues, um, there's a lot of support for you with that. And um, we have the Gut Health Retreat, as we said, that coming up on Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, next week. So the dates are going to be... So I can second to I'll open my calendar. Second, second to fourth. fourth. That's yeah, right. June. And that's in the Atherton Tablelands, uh, next to where Joe lives in far north Queensland. Uh, there's a couple of spots that are still there. And um, of course, life changing food uh, has a lot of gut healthy recipes. Uh, there are either gaps or have gaps variations in them. And uh, quirkycooking.com.au is uh, the ultimate resource for gut healthy eating as well. And it's all freely available for you online to go and check it out and follow us on facebook.com, well, facebook.com slash quirkycooking. And uh, Joe is on instagram.com slash joewitten as well. And Marie, thank you so much for being with us today on the show. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people find this inspirational and motivational. And uh, well done on your journey. I'd have to quickly mention something. Anne Marie has a blog and uh, um, she does gut health workshops. Tell us about them quickly, Anne Marie. (laughs) I have started a blog um, just because I want to help other people with ankylosing spondylitis. I want to help them find out what I. I did without going through years and years of pain and drugs Mm. and doctors telling them diet has no impact. So I've got a blog called Living Well with Ankylosing Spondylitis. I don't want you to have to spell that though. So if you just (laughs) search for livingwellwithas.com, that's that's my blog. Excuse me. And I've also just started some simple workshops in my local area for people who want to learn how to make broth and how to make um, sauerkraut and, and yeah, how to incorporate that in their family's meals. So okay. that's been going really well. But I've just got a, I've got a Facebook group called Made with Love, Food for Healing and Hope. Okay. We can put links to that for you. Yeah, you on there and I'll share. Thank you. That would be great. And thanks for having me. It's been lovely to chat. Yeah, it has. Thank you for coming Thank on you, the show. Emma. So um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will put the links down on the show notes in case you missed any of that. Um, but yeah, have a look and have a read and find out more. Also on Good Mood Food, Mary did an article about Anne Marie's story as well, didn't she? So um, yeah, she did. Yeah, that was that was a good a good write up. Okay, so that's about it, and um, we will be off to the retreat next weekend. But I'm sure we'll be back soon with some wonderful interviews. Actually, we probably will. Um, record another talk at the retreat with Elise, won't we, Fulad? Put that up on the podcast for everyone to yeah, hear. Yeah, that will be coming, yeah, coming within uh, a week probably or less from you hearing this. Or actually around a week, yes. Yeah. So Excellent. we'll be back soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye, guys.
Bye. See ya. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.